0: On the Fox Business Network, on Wall Street, the major averages closing lower for a third consecutive session. Investors are concerned about slowing global economic growth and uncertainty about the outcome of continuing trade negotiations between the U.S. and China. With the Dow closing down 133 points, Nasdaq down 70, S&P 500 down 18, and the U.S. trade deficit hitting a record last year, despite the Trump administration's efforts to slap tariffs on imported goods to shrink the. Game. How about a great meal for lunch or dinner? Well, savor the legend legendary flavor of Cattle Baron. They have the largest and best salad bar in Lubbock with soups prepared daily. Excellent premium aged beef, prime rib, seafood, and other hand cut steaks. Cattle Baron 82nd and Quaker. Creating great food and memories for over 40 years. Don't forget our daily happy hour specials. That's what legends are made of. Cattle Baron 82nd and Quaker Avenue. Come by today.
1: My name is Dr. Caleb Christensen, and I'm the owner and chiropractor at Texas Chiropractic Wellness, and we are here to help people. Whether they are suffering from headaches, neck and back pain, numbness and tingling from disc problems, or other health issues, our goal is to educate our patients so they can make the best decisions concerning their health. Misalignments or subluxations in the spine many times can cause these conditions and can go undetected. Often patients come into our office telling us how their quality of life is being affected. They can't do their jobs. They can't go on vacations, play with their kids. They can't do what they enjoy doing. So if you're listening to this today and you're dealing with these issues and they're getting worse or possibly even the symptoms are not going away on their own, then give our office a call at 806-771-4390 and we'd be happy to set you up with an appointment and see what we can do for you. Again, my name is Dr. Caleb Christensen and our office is located at 66 in Indiana and our phone number is 806 771 On the other
2: side of Texas, history has its place. On the other side of Texas, justice rules the case. They don't like it, they don't love it. They say we're all wrong, but on the other side of Texas halls... We roll along, roll along, we do. Thank you for tuning in. Telling friends you hang out right here on the other side. Glad to be back with you for another edition of the program. J West Texas Leeson, you and I on the other side as we roll along. You're why we're here. Thank you for tuning in and telling friends that you hang out here on the other side. As we roll along, you're welcome to share your thoughts via text 806-745-745 fifty eight hundred on a jam-packed program got ross ramsey ahead for you executive editor of the texas tribune and folks how long has it been since you heard this music thumb, it, if you're new to the program thumb, it's been a while this uh, Regent Gate music. Regent Gate apparently coming to conclusion today. Apparently <clears throat> this news out just this afternoon. Ginger Carrick of Webster Uh let me start with the headline. Uh, Governor Abbott appoints three to Texas Tech University System Board of Regents. Austin, Texas is the dateline. Texas Governor Greg Abbott has appointed three to the Texas Tech University Board of Regents with terms set to expire January 31, 2025. Lots of people have asked me, have texted me, called me, messaged me. We had text here on the show. Uh, what's going on? Well, now we all know together what's going on. Ginger Carrick of Webster is the Flight Integration Division Chief for NASA Johnson Space Center and has served in various roles and capacities in human spaceflight training and operations for 27 years. She's a member of the Society of Women Engineers, volunteer coordinator for Trump and Tri- Triumph, excuse me. I'm so used to seeing a T-R-U-M-P and saying Trump. Triumphant Tales Incorporated and is annual MC as Galveston Polar Plunge benefiting Special Olympics. Carrick received a Bachelor of Science in Physics and Master of Science in Uh, bachelor of science and master of science in physics from texas tech university mark griffin of lubbock is general counsel of rip griffin truck service incorporated and serves as president of pro petroleum incorporated he is a member of the texas economic development corporation board of directors state bar of texas and lubbock county bar association director of Lubbock Economic Development Alliance and former director for Plains Bank. Griffin is a former board member of Covenant and the Texas Guaranteed Student Loan Corporation and a former trustee of Independent School District. And it should be added, Griffin also a former member of the Board of Regents which is the tale of intrigue here folks and gonna get to dusty womble here in a second but griffin was essentially forced out by former governor rick perry for uh, rick perry not going to run for governor not going to run for governor and then kay ba- bailey Hutchinson j jumps in the race and these are all government uh, governor appointed positions and uh, Griffin is forced out of the board, so he makes his re-entry to the Board of Regents, does Mark Griffin, who received a Bachelor of Arts from the University of Texas at Austin, Juris Doctorate from Texas Tech University School of Law, Dusty Womble of Lubbock, manages multiple private businesses and real estate holdings, and is a board member and former Executive Vice President of Tyler Technologies. He is a member of the Rawls Business School Advisory Board and the Texas Tech Foundation Board and its Executive Board Bumble serves on boards of Trudeau Incorporated and Lubbock Christian Schools so the score now is that you've got some regents who are out and uh, some regents who are in I think a, a bitter bittersweet deal um, by all accounts Tim Lancaster a great regent and as we covered regent gate here uh, I never heard a cross word about Tim Lancaster um, his from people inside to people outside all around thought Tim Lancaster was a great regent John Esperanza the same thing uh, remarkable in both character and duty and what they achieved for the university during their time on the Board of Regents which leaves us with Rick Francis who is um, leaving amid a cloud and all the best let me say this all the best to Rick Francis Um, but this whenever we say this is the end while we may not hear the music again is because with a couple of small exceptions there on the board, it seems as though Regent Gate and many inside the university and the institution will be certainly glad to hear this particular voice say it seems as though Regent Gate has come to a conclusion um, by the governor's appointments. All of these are dependent upon the Senate, and we'll get in with this with Ross Ramsey. What the process looks like ahead. But that's the big news as we lead into the program that Regent Gate seems to have some semblance of a conclusion here. Uh, Ross Ramsey ahead and uh, your thoughts via 806 745 5800 as we roll along here on the other side. Man, I'm going to miss it song. Under my thumb, under my thumb, uh, a credit to John Sharp, a political credit to uh, John Sharp. Uh, We'll see how things roll along for him. For us, we're going to roll along into the break and be right back with you here on the other side with our friend Ross Ramsey Stick, right where you are. Informative radio, maybe the most informative. Coming up right here, other side of Texas, AM 580, Lubbock. Like a song, a one that won't last long. 4902 50th Street. When you're best friends with the founder of the Lubbock County Militia, you get your own radio show. It's the Other Side of Texas with Jay Leeson. I'm a big, big man, not just in size or in stature. turn space that can't be filled. I'm a bottomless canyon. Hey, all your real estate needs, industrial, commercial, that's where I focus, but glad to help you with homes as well. However, I can help you, Jay West Texas Leasing. You trust what you hear on the program? What we bring you day in and day out, and we'll bring the same diligence to what we do for you and your real estate needs you can contact me eight zero six five four three one three one seven, and i'll uh, get to work for you on your new place there uh, J. Leeson at mcdougall.com so good such a good place to uh, throw in there with some folks who really know what they're doing and Nobody knows what they're doing like the master developer for the downtown and uh, get you all squared away on your financial needs. And it's been a lot of fun. It's been like eating an elephant uh, one bite at a time, but I can eat an elephant and uh, doing just that from the Texas Tribune. Football fans want to bring back the Aggie Longhorn game Our UT, University of Texas, Texas Tribune poll found they're outnumbered by Texans who just don't care. This Ross Ramsey, in football, as in life, Texas voters don't always split into yes and no factions. The real divide is between people who care and those who just do not give a hoot. How great is that? That's a great lead. 40%. You know, the state's voters would like to reestablish the annual football game between A&M and UT, according to a University of Texas-Texas Tribune poll. Even more, 46% said they don't care. That's separate from the regular don't-know-no-opinion group, which totaled, um, sorry, that's Ross, uh, yes, call on in. How great is that? Glad I have my phone on for that. Usually would chastise a guest for doing that. Even more, 46% said they don't care. That's separate from the regular don't know, no opinion group. Uh, only 4% oppose reestablishing the game. Reestablishing connection with our friend Ross Ramsey, who is there at the Capitol. Ross Ramsey, how you doing? I'm doing great. Sorry I'm late. We were just talking about the difference between um, no opinion and don't care in your uh, UT A&M piece. Uh, you think there's real legs on this? Can, can the legislature make this happen, and what's the likelihood?
0: Well, they could, you know, if they really wanted to, they could make it happen. And, you know, if you if you changed the law and said they ought to have a game, you're still, you know, teams schedule several years in advance, so you're still several years down the line with this. I think it's probably more of a, you know, it's 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 a public interest thing if they let the schools know you know frankly if they called the schools a bunch of powerful legislators called the schools and said hey y'all ought, y'all ought to play football they might start playing football again um but you know Without at the, the bottom of this is both both schools yeah and i'm not sure you can i guess you can make a law that you know requires the game um but you'll, you know, you you potentially have a bunch of angry Aggies or angry Loghorns or both, you know, in that in that situation. I think they're just prodding them along,
2: prodding, and uh, we would just sit up on here on the cap rock and just kind of grin.
0: Yeah, although you know, I, I always kind of liked the A and M Tech games and the UT Tech games and you know all of that stuff. But you know, mm-hmm. that, I guess that's just me.
2: Uh, you think it's just theater then?
0: i you know, probably it's more theater than it is government. I'll say that. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, it is the kind of thing where if they got sufficient groundswell out of this, they'd probably pass a law. Yeah.
2: Tell me, uh, what you've been doing at the Capitol?
0: Well, I've just been scrounging around, you know, the, um, we've had a poll running this week and, you know, just, uh, um, partly seeing how that's going over in the Capitol, partly just walking around, you know, doing my work, you know, which is, you know, sort of like walking around and seeing what's going on. You can't, You don't learn much standing in the newsroom. You learn more if you go over there.
2: Do they flinch when they see you, Ross? Some people, I mean, I know that you're like the least prideful guy around, but some people might just find something else to go do whenever they see you walking down the hall.
0: It kind of depends what they're up to. You know, I used to flinch when my mom walked in sometimes. Mm Mm-hmm. You know. Like, I've I've walked
2: down into the Capitol basement with with Pete Laney before, and uh everybody turns in like... Full chest front, ready for the speaker to walk by. Um, I just imagine whenever you walk in, people are like, "Oh, I got go. uh, to go. I got meet you. It's actually not that bad.
0: A lot of people want to talk about stuff at this time of the session. A lot of people want to say, "Hey, you ought to write about my bill. It's a really good thing." Yeah. Um, you know, it 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 really is conditional. It depends on you know, are they in the mood to get attention or in the mood to avoid it?
2: Yeah. So. Talk to us. We've heard bits and pieces about the Open Meetings Act. Give us some context for people who've not been paying attention, Ross, about, and not because they don't care, just because they've not paid attention. There have been some bills filed now about the Open Meetings Act, but they're in reaction to what?
0: Well, there have been some bills filed, you know, that were going to come anyway, but the, the latest thing here is that the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals, in looking at a case said that the state's law that basically prevents what's called a serial quorum, I'll come back to that, is unconstitutional and, and is unenforceable. And, you know, they basically said, you know, from the court standpoint, they're not there to make law. They're basically saying this law doesn't work. If you want to write a law that does work, you need to rewrite it. A serial quorum is, if I get a majority of a public body together, I have to file public notice and let the public know that they're together and that they might make a decision. Got enough city council people here to make a decision. You got enough county commissioners to make a decision. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways to wire around that, um, if you're if you're sneaky, is let's say that you and I are on a board of five people, and we know that if we get three people together, we're in trouble. So you go from person to person and check them out and see where they are on some given issue and then you walk into the meeting and you know you've got four votes and that they're promised to you or you've got you know you've got you put your vote together but there wasn't a public meeting to watch that deliberation because there was never a quorum what you did was in sequence you assembled a serial quorum and it's like you had an open meeting except that the public didn't get to know about it and there's a provision in the law that prevents you from doing that and that's the provision that the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals has ruled is unconstitutional or it doesn't work the way that it that it's been written mm. and has been and has been enforced for years and years.
2: And so maybe they're trying to fix it but fixing it by saying the existing standard doesn't work.
0: Well, what the so what the legislature has done and what the you know or what some of the bills that you're talking about would do is to write the law in a way where the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals would say, "Okay, that's a legal way to regulate and prevent serial quorums. Where you know what they're basically trying to get. Most of the the bills anyway are trying to get this set up so that your public boards and commissions and councils uh... can't sneak around like that.
2: Yeah, uh, Ross Ramsey. Where are you now? I'm back in my office. Oh, you're back. It's just a quick little jaunt down to your office.
0: Just a couple of blocks. Yeah.
2: Yeah, just a couple of blocks from the Capitol, Ross Ramsey executive editor of the Texas Tribune. Ross, uh, big poll, how often do do UT and Texas Tribune do these polls?
0: We have done at least three polls every year since we started um, in November of 2009. So we're coming up on our 10th birthday. So over 30 polls at this point.
2: And it's about to be your
0: birthday. About to be my birthday. It was just your birthday, right? It was yesterday. So a pretty good week for us anyway. Yeah. I'm not going to ask um, how old you are. Even um, though I'm older older than you. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm more, I'm more in your your mom and dad's range I think.
2: Was forty different for you. Was the 40th birthday. For me it was like the first birthday that came with some um some somberness. Some uh okay. We're going to celebrate this one but next year it probably won't be as big a deal in following thereafter.
0: No, this is you know, I've got I've got hang ups, but this one isn't my hang up. The the birthday that was really important to me was sixteen because I got to drive the car. Okay. And you know, so that, forty that one, wasn't a
2: big deal. Nah. You didn't just sit back and do some introspection and say I'm closer to the end than the beginning or anything like that.
0: Nah, why would you do that?
2: <laughs> I don't know, Ross. Why did I do that?
0: Uh, yeah, why, in the, why in the world? That's right.
2: Yeah. Uh, somebody else would beat Donald Trump in Texas, so the polling says. Who's somebody else? Anybody else?
0: Well, yeah, this is always interesting. When you ask a blind question, you know, would you vote for this person who I'm naming or somebody else? You're basically saying, what are you thinking about this person that I'm naming? And in this case, you know, if you count the the votes that lean and the votes that said they would definitely vote for Trump— get forty nine percent so fifty one to forty nine you know in statistical terms that's a virtual tie so you know trumps on the bubble and what that tells you you know when you fill a name in on the Democratic side that the Democratic number will either go up or down depending on what people think of that person Um, but it tells you that Texas might be in contention in the presidential year and and that in itself would be a bit of news that
2: somebody else could win
0: just so, that Texas is even a battleground in a presidential race i mean yeah. the last the last democrat who won in texas was jimmy carter in 1976 so it's it's been a little bit
2: yeah so what's that begin to look like politically guys maybe not as pro trump as they were
0: before or are
2: they still going to be all in on the gop I'd- side
0: I think the the GOP is going to be all in with whoever their candidate is, and I assume it's going to be Trump. You know, there have been some other people talking about maybe running against Trump. You know, we'll see how that develops. There's a lot of time for this. But I assume that the president's going to run for re-election and that the Republicans will line up behind him because, you know, however they feel about their own guy, it's it's quite a leap to go from – know, I'm a Republican and I'm uncomfortable with my incumbent to I'm a Republican and I'm going to vote for or say out loud that I'm going to vote for a Democrat. That's quite a leap. Yeah. So I think they stick with Trump, you know, until something until there's some really, really fantastic reason to go with a Democrat or or an independent instead. And so what you're looking at is, you know, how is Trump settled in Texas and how solid is it and how much do they have to fight for it? And this says that. You know, in national politics, Texas has been called an ATM for years, you know, where people from both parties come down here and get money that they spend in other states that are competitive. And it may mean that some of the money that they raise in Texas and otherwise actually gets spent in Texas if they feel like they Mm -hmm. can, you know, actually have some races here. You know, one one of the things that's, that's kind of interesting is if the presidential race is close enough to be interesting... Even if the Republicans are still winning, that could, that could take some uh, congressional seats or some legislative seats over to the Democratic side. Presidential race may not be the closest race, but just the fact that it's close at all might get some other people over the line.
2: Does, that polling, uh, we've all looked at 2018 and thought, okay, maybe this is an outlier. But does right. this polling begin, as you begin to read through these numbers, Ross, uh, the outlier being that Texas is purple – Are you beginning to see that more and more? Are you more and more convinced that Texas could be, within the next two to four years, thrown into battleground state?
0: I think that, you know, we're trying to find out with polling and with everything else, and we is just like all of us, you know, everybody who's even thinking about this stuff. Was 2018 a weird year that it won't be repeated, or was it it part of a trend? And if it was part of a trend, then you're talking about a state that might be becoming less red even purple perhaps even someday blue or it might have just been just a weird year where you know you're not going to get another race like that o'rourke cruz race you're not ever going to get a moment like that where you have a republican president who's got some republican voters a little bit disquieted you know a lot of things happened in twenty eighteen and it's hard to take that one data point and say this is a new trend it, it is enough to give hope to Democrats and put some worry in the minds of some Republicans. But until you know you know, or really see some evidence that that was part of a trend line, you can't really answer your question. I, th- I think it does raise an interesting question, though.
2: Yeah. Um, here's another interesting question to me. Cornyn is bracing for Beto. That's like the best headline ever. But Beto O'Rourke decides he doesn't want to run for president... What do you think the chances are of Beto O'Rourke jumping against Cornyn? My initial is there's not as much contrast as there is unless you make Trump the issue, which I don't know how successful he'd be with that, but you think do you are you somewhat expecting Beto O'Rourke to jump in against John Cornyn?
0: Uh, not at this point. I mean he said he's not interested in running for senator next time. Now, a couple of things can happen. You know, the the filing for the Senate race is open until sometime toward the end of this year. So Beto could come out and say, I'm running for president, have a really bad summer, decide he's not running for president, look around and say, hey, that John Cornyn race is still there. Is that the LBJ
2: so, rule, Ross?
0: No, the LBJ rule is that you can, if you wanted to, he could say, I'm running for Senate and I'm running for president. And okay. in Texas, that's the only two races where you can be in two places on the same ballot. Mm-hmm. Ordinarily, if you're running for you know, if you're running for the House, you can't run for the Senate. If you're running for the State House, you can't run for Congress. But in in the one case of being on a federal ticket, there's this thing called the LBJ law that passed before he was on John Kennedy's ticket in 1960. And the only other time that I know of off the top of my head of this being used was when Lloyd Benson was running for reelection to the U.S. Senate in 1988 and was the vice presidential candidate mm-hmm. to Michael Dukakis. So, but you could get in front of the race. The exception to that, resign to run law or one race at a lo- at a time law, is running for president or vice president of the United States.
2: Yeah. Uh, so, Beto versus Cornyn. What do you think?
0: I you know I think you know the the first blush analysis of that would be that you know the Beto versus Cruz race was at least initially about whether people liked Ted Cruz and the and you know sort of starts with the same kind of question as that Trump versus somebody else Cruz versus somebody else looked like there was an opening for somebody else and you know at at first you know Beto's numbers were you know he was um doing well against Cruz at the same time that a huge number of Texas voters said they had no idea who he was so they're voting for They're basically voting for somebody else. Mm -hmm. As he became better known, that race, you know, became what it became and turned into a a two-and-a-half-point race. In the Cornyn race, you start with the somebody else number is probably better. We didn't poll it. Cornyn's interesting problem is 29% of Texas voters don't have an opinion about the senior senator, and that opens some opportunity for an opponent to describe Cornyn unfavorably to people who don't really have an opinion about Cornyn. So you, whether you say this is um, this guy is associated with this or that or the other thing, you know, it could be he's associated with Trump, you want to have a, a counter vote against Cruz, however you talk about that, that that becomes the point of that race. I think that Cornyn is probably in some ways a stronger Republican incumbent than Cruz was um, because he doesn't have as many people that um, don't like him, but he's also not as strong as Cruz was, in that he doesn't have as many people who do like him. If mm-hmm. you look at the Republican numbers on Cor- on Cornyn, sixty-two percent um, say they have a favorable impression of him. Eighty-three percent say they have a favorable impression of Cruz. So Cruz has a much much stronger base than Cornyn does. He's weak, you know. He's got a he's got a stronger opposition, but um, you know he had enough to get back into office. Cornyn, the question would be it's a softer race is it is easy for a democrat to describe himself as a as an alternative to cornyn as it was to cruz
2: yeah uh jeff asking and we'll make this the final one for you um jeff asking what's your biggest surprise thus far in the legislature
0: that it took them so long to put out the initial school finance bills you know they, really? they have they have three issues that they say are the top issues of the Governor, Lieutenant Governor, and Speaker, uh, school finance, property taxes, and teacher pay raises. And they only introduced the school finance bill on Tuesday, um, yesterday, eight weeks into a 20-week session. Um, it's possible to get that going, but you know that's a big, complicated bill. The the opposition lines don't really work on party lines all the time, and that thing. Sometimes they work on. Rural versus suburban. Sometimes it's suburban versus urban. Sometimes it's big districts versus little districts. There's a million ways to slice this, and it takes a long time, a long period of debate to sort out something as complex as school finance. And I was a little surprised that they didn't have a bill filed at the beginning of the session and start work right away. Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: Well, that's where we'll leave it for now, Ross. Appreciate you. And uh, good talking you to you. Back every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You can get Ross Ramsey at texastribune.org. Appreciate you, bud. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you as well. When When is your birthday? Friday. All right. Happy birthday, buddy. We'll see you, buddy. We'll try to send you something. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye, Ross. Uh, appreciate Ross Ramsey as always. Somebody who I just think is delightful, a human being, and also a, a journalist. And, uh, I can never get him. i've just stopped i get texts about this during the show from time to time i've just stopped trying to get him to go right or left because that guy is got his plow on the ground and the jackass is out front and he is just uh, the mules i should say and he's just gonna go wherever he think it wherever he thinks is straight so i appreciate ross ramsey uh on the show and as a person and all things considered hey uh is it a breakfast burrito or is it a breakfast taco that's the great issue that i want to bring up to you give you my thoughts want to hear your thoughts as well stick right with us here on the other side of texas quickie break get right back in with you
1: You're
2: you bound to be a star. Switch a deal so quick. Perhaps it is so far. Welcome back to The Other Side with Jay Leeson. Star. Glad you're back with us. The fine art and history of the breakfast taco. This via CBS, Austin, Dateline, San Antonio. Imagine two hands quickly unwrapping the aluminum foil to remove the breakfast icon from its wrapper, only to reveal one of its finest delicacies known to man. They call it the breakfast taco. Mm. See, so there's this whole thing, guys, where... North of I-27 The correct nomenclature As I get into uh, some big Wabowski references Is that It's a breakfast burrito Nobody goes out for breakfast taco. I want a breakfast burrito uh, South of I-20 It is the breakfast Taco I need a breakfast taco Burrito just sounds like a meal to me Taco sounds like an appetizer bottom line in the story but uh, the story, this story goes on one flour tortilla or corn, a serving of refried beans, your choice and some cheddar cheese a hint of lime, some pico de gallo, salsa verde and some salsa rojo maybe adding in some bacon and some extra cheese, the choice is yours, the breakfast taco is a work of art that you put together no skills are necessary uh wrong there's still skills necessary ask anyone in san antonio what they had for breakfast nine times out of ten you'll hear a response of tacos well duh let's not forget one thing that people live in this city and uh, people love in this city and that's tacos more importantly breakfast tacos but where did it start and they try to explain the originations of in their own machinations of the beginning of the taco they say they cite back to the early 1500s just to overwhelm us but then they get into the meat of the tortilla covered issue a taboo topic that is constantly being debated is what it's called people from within texas and also states including california are more and more have distinct names for the simple edible concept people in south texas call them breakfast tacos while people in the panhandle of texas and california see what they're doing they're lumping us in with california referred to as breakfast burritos to some it is considered an insult to call a breakfast taco a burrito because you don't roll up your breakfast taco you could but why would you and then you fold your taco it's important to note that in san antonio and here's i'm always trying to find some middle ground and maybe it's because they don't call it they don't make tacos here i don't know of any place where i can go and just get it folded over it's always folded and then folded back over into a burrito the double fold constitutes burrito that's what it constitutes and then we will further constitute something later in the morning that i will not digress into here on live area airwaves but a double fold now you're into burrito territory now you're trying to carry everything within and i cannot recall the last time in lubbock or anywhere else in west texas when i've had a double folded quote-unquote taco been a burrito and maybe that's just my way of saving you a click and saying if it's double folded it's a burrito but that's the ground on which i stand if it's double folded it ain't a burrito I'm sorry, it ain't a taco. It's important to note that in San Antonio they are called breakfast tacos, not breakfast burritos. This is a very clear distinction to make when looking for a breakfast taco, and I'll add, or burrito, and yes it matters, but we're a friendly city and we won't offend you or make you feel out of place, because after all, breakfast tacos unify people, and when eaten, give you a matter that inner peace of that inner peace and happiness but what about the great breakfast taco war um, that started back in 2016 Erica Greeter who's a regular on the program and I like to go back and forth about this and they say on the morning of February 19, 2016 a New York based Texas native journalist named Matthew Sedica Published how Austin became the home of the crucial breakfast taco. They say never opened the can of worms, but boy, he opened an entire case of worms and incurred the wrath of many San Antonio San Antonians. So they're going to go into this thing about you know this um, urination war between San Antonio and Austin, but. That's not the issue, man The issue is taco or burrito and I got my money on the burrito That's I go. I've never driven up to a window at any well any reputable Mexican food restaurant in this great city of Lubbock or leave it and said I'd like some breakfast tacos. That's not the way it works here, man. You go and you get a breakfast burrito double folded, any double fold. And dare I cite the Alsop's burrito here. It's not an Alsop's taco, it's a burrito. And it's double folded, and everything like it that's double folded. Not just in half, but anything that has more than two folds burrito, burrito, burrito uh tomorrow on the program we've got a great show headed for you appreciate ross Ramsey making time and uh again appreciate all the well wishes on turning forty. It's been great excited to see what uh lies ahead. so many great people give me so many great gifts yesterday and again uh my greatest gift is counting them as friends' Because what do you have in the end um but your friends who carry you out and uh put you in the ground that was not very positive what i just said but you know friends matter and i've got a lot of them and i appreciate rallying friends who are able to see between blue lenses and red lenses and look through west texas lenses and that's what we try to do right here on the program i'm gonna get home got to get home great family and above average dinner waiting for me there at the ponderosa until next time you can check us out other side of texas.com subscribe to the website any content is sent to you free of charge on a monthly basis and we do not give up your email addresses uh you can follow us on twitter at ostx show and uh find the podcast anywhere you want to go to download the podcast whether that's on your phone just pulling down the top menu going to podcasts and uh searching other side of texas on your iphone uh your android whatever it might be uh, you can find the podcast anywhere great shows ahead always good to be with you appreciate you you make it worth the time and effort and certainly the contributors know that you appreciate it. And go follow ross ramsey read his pieces that's how i got started in texas politics but for now uh gonna get home rave on buddies rave on we'll see you next time right here on the other side of texas
0: Howdy, do we want to be, barely ever just fake it, and to stay